On today's show, I will be discussing the 3D re-release of Terminator 2 Judgment Day and the Netflix original movie Death Note. Thanks for listening to Pliskin Podcast. Alright everyone, it's time for another exciting episode of Pliskin Podcast. I'm your host, John Nicholson, and as said before, today I will be discussing two things. One is the 3D re-release of James Cameron's Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which was originally released in 1991, and the 2017 Netflix original movie, Death Note. And as you can tell by my tone of voice, I am very excited about that movie. So, let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Let's start with the bad so we can get on with the good, a.k.a. The Terminator. So, very recently, a few months ago, Netflix announced that it was going to be releasing an original movie titled Death Note, based off the anime and manga of the same name. Now, for those of you who don't know me that well, you wouldn't know that Death Note is one of my favorite anime slash mangas like I read them in high school and then I watched the show and uh, I really loved them both equally on kind of their own uh, separate entities there were things in the show the anime as it's as uh, fanboys will point out to I can't call it a cartoon but I will just refer to it as the show most of the time um, was different than the um, manga a little bit which is a Japanese comic book a graphic novel if you will and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar mangas are read backwards um, from uh, you know if you've never read one it'd be like reading the book backwards because that's how they do it in Japan so anyway um, I love the series I remember um, friends of mine in high school uh, introduced me to it and um, I fell in love with it instantly I read them and I've yet to buy them um, because uh, they mangas are a little expensive and there are 13 novels, and so I just have never gotten around to purchasing all 13 of them. Um, but I intend to eventually one day buy them and, and reread them again. And then, of course, the show, which is also on Netflix, is a two-season uh, television series. But each season was like, goodness, I want to say 20 episodes, something like that. Um, the seasons were very long, so um, it was a very long-running uh, cartoon, or anime, as they call it. And, uh, sorry, I know there are people that are probably, uh, gritting their teeth because, um, of me interchanging those, um, those, uh, titles, whereas some people would just say a cartoon while others would be like, no, it's an anime, it's different, it's a Japanese cartoon, which, uh, realistically, yes, it is an anime, so if I say cartoon, just let that slip out, then excuse me in advance. But anyway, I love those shows, and, or I love that show, and I love that, um, manga, um, as I said before, and so I was very excited for the movie that was announced. Uh, It looked like it would have been, you know, from the teaser images that they released, it looked like it was going to be okay. Um, The first thing I remember seeing 
specifically from it was the uh, Ryuk, who is the Shinigami, or the Death God, as they call him. And he uh, is a character that pretty much brings this notebook, uh, the Death Note, to Earth in order to just, because he's bored, and he just wants something to do because the Shinigami realm is a boring place, and all they do is sit around and take um, life force from humans and, and just, you know, extend their lives and just sit there and pretty much gamble all day. So he wanted to do something different. So he dropped a note on Earth and a human picked it up, which was like uh, Yagami in the uh, Japanese version. And uh, the story goes from there. So uh, the first thing I saw was uh, the uh, Netflix uh, edition, uh, uh, Netflix um, rendition of Ryuk, which I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed how they uh, changed his look. He was very sinister looking. They made him very realistic. Um, whereas, um, the, you know, they kind of took away the cartoony aspects of this demon in the uh, show and the manga and made him more realistic looking. Um, there was an, uh, there was a live action, uh, there were two live action movies that were based off Death Note at one point, And they were okay. Um, they weren't terrible. I didn't love them, but I didn't hate them. Uh, I just, you know, they were, they were, they did, they did their job. But uh, in it, he looked more, uh, more or less just like the, um, the, the way he does in the show and stuff. So I thought changing him up and adding a little more um, just detail to his face and making him look kind of creepy, um, that really added to it. And I liked him. And uh, Willem Dafoe was probably the best choice to play the voice of Ryuk. He, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe was Willem Dafoe. There's not much else I can say about him other than the fact that he's just great. So that was a good choice, I thought. Then that's about where the good and positive aspects of this film end. Um, the the film was set in Seattle. They changed the location, which um, it I kind of teeter with um, caring about because originally it's set in Japan, and that's kind of what the story is centered around. It's a Japanese student. He's very smart. Um, he finds this Death Note and decides to start killing people with it. And that's why I loved Death Note, because it dealt with the morality of what would you do if you were to get a pretty much a notebook that you could just kill anybody with, with no repercussions, other than the fact that if you use that note, your soul can never go to heaven nor hell. You're basically trapped in this, you know, limbo type state once you pass away. But again, that's getting into the deeper details of the actual um, manga storyline. So anyway, uh, it's, you know, so they changed the location from, you know, uh, Japan to Seattle, which uh, that caused a lot of backlash. You know, uh, whitewashing in Hollywood's a big problem. You know, uh, like, you know, they, for instance, like pretty much every movie in the past 10 years that's set in Egypt it's cast with white people instead of actual Egyptian actors and stuff, which they're, you know, they could easily find. But, you know, that's just Hollywood for you. They would rather have people that you would recognize and sell tickets to than actually making it accurate. They'd rather just paint, uh, you know, foundation on them and make them darker, which, you know, you know, gets into a weird territory there. So I don't really... Um, like, I didn't really expect anything less when I heard that it was set in Seattle. Like, it didn't surprise me that they were going to change the location. Because it's an American film. It's for American Netflix. So, they're going to change the story up. So, that was the first big issue. The second one was, of course, they changed. Since it's not in Japan, the lead character's name is still Light. But his last name has changed to Turner instead of Yagami. Because, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense to have a white male in Seattle, Washington, be named like Yagami, unless he was a of Japanese descent, which he isn't. He's just a white boy. 
And so um, that was kind of the first big uh, thing that, you know, was controversy with the film. And I, I didn't let it affect me too much because I thought maybe they'll um, maybe it'll be all right. Maybe, you know, it'll just I don't know. I, I really I really didn't have a huge opinion about it. I didn't like it, but I was like, OK, let's see how this goes. Then they announced that L would be playing an African-American male, which is, you know, again, I'm not completely upset with um, changing um, races sometimes if it's handled correctly and if they do it right. And if it's not kind of impeding on, um, you know, character-wise. Like, where, for instance, like if they cast this a white American actor to play a Japanese character and he was pretending to be Japanese... That would have been an issue, kind of like how they did with the Ghost in the Shell movie with Scarlett Johansson. It didn't make any sense for her to be white. I mean, it just it was dumb. It was a, a way to sell tickets. So I was kind of afraid on that, but that's not what they did. They just changed the location, changed the you know everything about it. Like it's just American people with the same kind of similar names. So once I learned that, I was like, okay, maybe it'll be all right. Maybe they'll just you know they'll change the story up a little bit, but it'll still be at its core the same story. And at its core, it really is kind of the same story. It's about a, you know, there's a boy. He finds that this notebook falls out of the sky. He reads, he sees there's rules in it. As soon as he picks it up, he's able to see Ryuk and uh, learns about this death note. And that if you write anybody, like the first rule is uh, whoever's name is written in this note shall die. And there's, you know, I can't even remember how many rules. There's like uh, probably a hundred of them, if anything. Maybe maybe 40, I don't know. But there's a lot of rules. A lot of things and a lot of uh, stuff you have to understand when writing names in here. Because, uh, you know, there are loopholes and there are ways around stuff. So that was one thing I really loved about the cartoon, the anime. Um, is that each episode or every time it came back from a commercial break, the title card of the, right before it went back into the show, was one of the rules of the note which was kind of neat and sometimes it would coincide with what was actually happening in the episode so that was kind of cool so anyway uh that was the first big issue it being set in america and everything okay that's fine let it slide so i tried to avoid looking too far into it <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> i tried to avoid looking too far into it and uh you know like there were clips that were released and i watched one of the clips it's when Ryuk first meets light and I was like, okay, I don't want to let these clips um, change my opinion of it before it comes out. So I avoided that until it came out. It came out last night, which was August um, 25th. Now, you know, it's the 26th today. So and if you're listening to this later, it's already out. And, uh, you know, I watched it. It's an hour and 30 minutes, which first off is way too short of, time, of a time to cram that much story into it. Unless it's done right, which it wasn't. Um they even they kind of set it up to where they could have a sequel, but based on everything already, it's not going to get a sequel. It's if anything, Netflix will eventually just kind of let this slide under the rug and just make it disappear like it never happened because it is it is just bad. It's not good. I didn't like it. Uh, I didn't want to bury the lead too much if you didn't know, but uh, it's it, it, I'll never watch it again if that gives you an idea of how um, little I cared about it. So uh, with Ryuk being the most positive part of it, that's another negative is that. They changed his character a little bit. Um, they made him more evil, more um, alluding to wanting light to kill people. Um, in the, you know, in the show and in the manga, he didn't care. Like he was just like, "I'm bored. I want to see what you do. If you kill people, you kill people. If you don't, I don't really care. I, I just need to. I just need something to do." And he says many times, like, "I'm not on anybody's side. I'm not on your side. I'm not on. Any, I'm on my own side. And my own side doesn't 
help people or give any kind of clues. And of course, there are a couple of times when he does help lighten the show and stuff where um, he picks out um, like cameras for him and stuff like that. But that's because basically Light was blackmailing because um, Shinigami need to eat apples. It's kind of like a drug, and if they don't eat them, they get you know basically withdrawals where their bodies contort and. A, you know, disfigure, which they didn't touch on in the movie at all. They just showed him eating apples, which I guess cool. You, that's a small, finer detail that people that know the know the uh, uh, history, the source material, they're not going to really question it because I already know. But it still would have been cool for them to explain it. Why does this death god sit around and just eat apples? Which in the sh- in the movie he didn't even finish them. Like he just took a bunch of bites out of them and threw like a most mostly uneaten core on the ground, which. If you know Ryuk, he wouldn't waste any part of an apple because they're delicious. So, you know, that's one small detail that annoyed me. Another was, again, the fact that whenever he first meets Light, he's like, Yes, kill that guy. See that bully out there? Kill him. Which, that's not what he sounded like. Uh, Willem Dafoe doesn't sound like that. But uh, it's, you know, I I don't know. If he would have just been like, Well, if you want to see if it works, then try it out. But instead, he kind of was pushing Light to try it, to, to take justice into his own hands. So... That was the first big character issue. The second one was um, Light. You know, the, the movie itself didn't have a lot of great acting in it. It was poor choices from, I don't know if it was necessarily the actors or the director or a combination. It just, it felt like a, you know, like a very poorly developed MTV television show. Um, just bad acting, quick, uh, you know, emotional cuts and stuff like that. So it just... It didn't work on any of them. Every character had that issue, really. Um, Light was kind of wooden and boring, uh, and most of his character came from his uh, girlfriend, who, in the movie, her name is Mia, and she is kind of a uh, a girl that's picked on, uh, kind of you know, kind of a misunderstood um, you know loner, and Light kind of has a crush. I th- or she's you know I think she was a cheerleader too, which is weird. Her character was all kinds. He was all over the place. So he eventually starts dating her because he re- he makes her or he um, unveils that he has a uh, book that kills people and she kind of gets drunk with power and decides that she wants to help him and uh, but yeah she was a cheerleader but she I don't know she wasn't she was picked on and stuff I, again it was it was weird but for me I felt like that was the movie's way of kind of introducing Misa Misa the uh, like model actress a uh, big time celebrity that falls in love with light in the uh manga and and, sh- and, the, anim- and the anime because uh she also has her own death note and then she realizes that she you know kira is on earth and she wants to find him that's what they call um light is his uh name is kira which was explained very dumbly in the show in the movie they it was, it was just it was stupid <laughs> so uh uh, they just shoehorned calling him Kira in in the movie, and so she meets him and kind of gets drunk with power with killing and and just kind of becomes pretty much what Light did in the in the in the show was Light kind of becomes insane with this ability that he's a new god of the new world where in the movie he was just like kind of going with the flow he wanted to kill bad people but um, it was me that kind of pushed him I was like yeah let's kill all these people let's go crazy and she you know she loses her mind in the movie and. Uh, honestly, if he never met her, he probably would have just been like, you know what, I don't enjoy this anymore, and put it down. So that's another character flaw, and Mia was kind of dumb. She, you know, I mean, I can see, again, I can see why they put her in it, um, but she was unneeded, and it wasn't handled right. Um, and again, they named her, I'm ass- again, I'm pretty much assuming that she was supposed to be Misa, and they just named her Mia, so. 
uh, that was that was again another poor choice. Uh, in the movie, uh, he is, his mother's dead. Uh, she was killed by a drunk driver, I believe, and he was let off. And so, that was uh, Light slash Kira's first kill was to get revenge for that. And his father, in all of these, the show, the anime, the manga, the movie, it um, he was a police officer, of course. In the movie, he's kind of like a just I don't know, seems like a beat cop detective. Doesn't really uh, you know, kind of. I don't know. He wasn't very good either. I mean, there's there's not really much else I can say about it other than the fact that it was bad. Um, L was cringeworthy. Uh, other than the fact that he ate sweets and sat in the awkward positions, he was very poorly directed and acted. Um, they the, the way they chose to handle his character was very dumb. And the show and everything, he was very calculated. I mean, he was eccentric, yes, but he wasn't um, insane. He wasn't like... I don't know, like, they made him in this movie just crazy. Like, he's the world's greatest detective, but he's just, like, he lost his freaking mind. And especially at this one point, which I don't want to really, well, I guess I'll spoil it, because honestly, I don't suggest watching this if you're a fan at all. And even if you're not, don't see it, because it's boring. Uh, he has a um, an assistant named Watery, and uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, let's see. I should know this. I, I watched the show a million times, and they said it a hundred times. Um... Yeah, Watery. He's, uh, like, his butler slash, you know, gets everything together. And in the movie, the actor that played him was, you know, all right. He didn't have much to do other than to be uh, a, a reason to uh, further the plot. But uh, in the movie, he gets killed. Um, and L loses his freaking mind because he knows that Light did it. And then he just goes crazy trying to catch Light and, con and convince the world that he's Kira and everything. And it's... I, watching it, I, I almost turned it off because it's it's just horrible. And then, of course, uh, halfway through the movie, they make you think that uh, Ryuk is um, kind of influencing the note, or he's writing in the note behind Light's back and kind of changing. Because there's a point whenever all these FBI detectives get killed, and he thinks that uh, Light thinks that Ryuk is doing it to um, I don't know keep everything going. But Ryuk, you know, again, that's kind of how they were making him stay out of the game. But he's like, yes, you just play the game, do all this stuff. But then it turns out it was Mia that did it in secret, and she's lost her mind. She was trying to set stuff up to where she would become the new owner of the Death Note because Light was becoming soft and that he was going to give it up. And it was it was just not good. <laughs> I would say half a star out of five, if even that. Um, it, it, uh, it, like, in the end of the movie, there's a, a, a part, like a chase scene between Light and Elle, and it, it was a... Like, there was songs that were uh, produced by Makeup and Vanity Set, and they were really good, kind of electro um, synth-pop band. Uh, and I like their music. If you've never heard of Makeup and Vanity Set, look them up, because they've got some really good stuff. Um, and they were excited that they got into the movie. Um, and that's honestly why I watched it, because I wanted to see what the music they chose, and it was pretty cool. But uh, So the music was pretty good, I guess. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of songs in it. Uh... Let's see. Like I said, Willem Dafoe was all right, but really, there was not much else to it. Um, that should have it should never have been made. It should have just they should have retooled it. They should have I don't know. There was a whole lot of things they could have done differently and made it better, but it was just completely unwatchable. Um, but that's basically it. I guess I'm gonna stop talking now about Death Note because the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. Just because I looked forward to it so much because I love Death Note and the fact that they're making another film. Uh, 
And, you know, Netflix hasn't really made any poor choices in the past uh, as far as original content goes, but this was their first big miss, I believe. It was just um, poorly handled in all on all aspects. Um, and, again, they set it open for a sequel, but it's not going to get one. It just won't. Um, Light eventually survives, Mia gets killed, and uh, Ryuk is still on Earth, and that's kind of where it ends. Um, it ends. Oh, it also ends with... Light wakes up from a coma after this big, stupid, dumb, pointless uh, chase scene at the end where he f- winds up falling off of a uh, carousel. And um, he falls in the water, and then he had this whole elaborate plan where he got saved, and he wakes up, and then uh, uh, Mia dies and everything. And so, uh, But there's a page that he rips out and hides in his apartment, or his home, and... Um, L eventually figures that out and goes and finds it. And then there's a point where he's like, he, the last shot of L is standing over his desk with a pen and that piece of paper. And he's looking at a picture of um, light and he's like laughing hysterically. Like he's about to write his name in the book. And then it, and then it goes off basically. So it's like, Oh, will he kill him? Will he not? And then, and I'm guessing Netflix was hoping that it would take off and they'd be able to make a sequel that was more in depth of them trying to fight each other. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen the show or anything or read it or anything in it, um, L eventually gets killed by Light. He figures out his name, and um, he kills him. And uh, then his, you know, his uh, the next big detective that was being trained, there was Near and Mellow, and they they're kind of like the next in line to be the next L, and they kind of take over trying to find out who's uh, Kira and everything. So, but the, again, there's only so much you can do in an hour and a half. But po- poorly handled, poorly written. Poor everything. It was just bad. So don't watch it. Um, if you haven't seen it and you're thinking about it, just don't. It's, um, I, mean, I mean, again, this is all opinion-based. There's some people out there, uh, surprisingly, that say, oh, it was, it was all right. I liked it. But, uh, you know, it's something to have on in the background if you really need something to do. Okay. So let's get beyond that and get to something good. So this weekend marks the re-release of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, a film by James Cameron. Probably the best sequel ever made to a movie. Um, it's great. It's one of my favorite movies. It, it, you know, the CGI and effects in it alone rival today's stuff um, in, some, in some cases. And it just, it still holds up as a great action film, as a great story. Um, just, if you, ha- if, you, if you already love Terminator 2 you already know what to expect seeing this movie. But the fact that it was re-released in 3D was so cool. I was so excited to be able to sit down and watch a movie that I've only been able to watch on VHS tape or DVD or Blu-ray all my life and seen it on the big screen for the first time. Um, To say that I didn't tear up would be a lie, because I did. At the very beginning, when they played the Carl Co. logo... Something that just is a, a synonymous with my childhood. Something that uh, the sound, the idea, the seeing those images and that first opening scene of the film just takes me right back to being a kid. And I got a little misty-eyed because it was just something that meant it's meant so much to me as as a young as a child, as a young adult, and now as an adult, being able to experience it the way James Cameron intended on the big screen. It just it, it just meant something to me. It was very cool to see it, and I will probably go see it again at least once before it leaves theaters. I might go tomorrow, honestly, because I love Terminator 2. My biggest, I mean, like, really, there's not any complaints I have about the movie. I mean, I'm not going to review Terminator 2 because it's Terminator 2. It's a great movie. Go see it. If you haven't seen it, what is wrong with you? Watch Terminator 2. Uh, go see it in the theaters. I mean, goodness, if that's your first way of, or first time ever seeing it, 
What a perfect chance to say that was your first time, was to see it on the big screen when it's been re-released. So that was really cool. Um, but I did have a couple of minor complaints. And they're minor, they're not um, bad. But the first one is, the version, of course, I grew up with was the theatrical cut. But around high school, I was introduced to the director's cut. And the director's cut is a superior version of the film. It includes maybe five, if even that, uh, minutes of extra footage. There's a couple of scenes that add more character to Sarah Connor um, that just kind of give her more of, you know, character development. It just adds more layers to her. And in the theatrical cut, she's kind of really bare bones as far as, I mean, not bare bones, but there's just, you know, the level kind of stays the same with her. But the director's cut adds more detail to her in, in a good way. Um, kind of adds more to her psyche and how where she's coming from in her brain. And it kind of gives you a step in more into her point of view and stuff. And there's a beautiful scene where she um, hallucinates uh, Kyle Reese talking to her in the mental hospital that she's in. And it was such a good scene. And it leads up, um, the, the, the scene ends with her walking outside of the hospital in that uh, park area where if you've seen the film, there's a scene where like she's visioning the uh, bombs going off. And it's, it ends right before the bomb hits, or right when the bomb hits, like right when the flashlight happens, and then it cuts away. And then later on in the film, you see the full uh, vision that she has where, you know, the, the atomic explosion goes off and the buildings get blown away and everybody turns into ash. And um, so that just kind of added more depth to that and significance to it. And then there's a scene, uh, there's scenes at the end whenever the T-1000 is chasing um, them through the steel mill where he's malfunctioning. And uh, James Cameron said that the studio wanted to take that, took those little scenes out where he's kind of malfunctioning as a way to take away all the hope that uh, the audience would have that they could survive this. He wanted, like the studios and the wanted no one to believe that they were going to get out alive basically until the last second. I can see why that's kind of, you know, I mean, you know, as a way, if you get to the end of the film, you're like, oh, wow, they're not going to make it. But James Cameron said, "No, I wanted them. To, I wanted to give a little ray of hope that they could. There, there's some wiggle room that they could get away with it because you know the T1000 has melted. He's been blown up. He's been frozen, and now he's starting like the nanotech in him is starting to kind of glitch out. So, I liked those scenes. They were they were really interesting. And then the biggest one that they didn't include in the film was there's a scene uh, whenever they're on the. It's him. It's uh, the Terminator, John Connor, and uh, Sarah Connor. They're in that. They're in the headed towards Mexico, and they get to that gas station where they stop for the night. And they they're you know fixing up their wounds and pulling all the bullets out of the Terminator. And uh, he mentions that the longer he spends with humans, the more that he learns. And they and, and that's usually where the scene ends. Um, but with the director's cut, it expands on that. And he goes, but. Skynet has all the T-800 set to read only, so they don't learn or think on their own. And so John says, can we reset the switch? And there's a really cool scene where they cut his head open and pull his CPU out. And then and Sarah is like, this is my only chance to defeat this you know, T-800 because you don't know how hard it is to stop one of these things. And then John Connor's like, no, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to be some great military leader, you're going to have to um, listen to what I want sometimes. And so they have inevitably put it back in his head and wake him up and everything's fine. And thus, the Terminator starts becoming more and more human. And that's, again, another thing that was needed for me and for, I think, for most people to see how his character, how the Terminator itself develops as a character. He's not just, I don't know. So it was a cool scene that they cut out. And knowing the backstory of how they filmed it with Sarah Connor's sister, and that, like there wasn't a mirror. It was like a, it was just like a hole in the wall. And they had like 
on what like the camera that's facing you the back of the terminator is actually a dummy and then in the mirror is in the hole is actually arnold and so the, the choreograph uh, the choreography of that scene and everything was just the fact that it was beautifully shot and you would never know that it wasn't a mirror and then of course uh just seeing all that was cool but um they cut that out for the theatrical cut but that's really it. Other than that, it's still Terminator 2. It's still in 3D. And, oh, that was my other big gripe, is that it's in 3D. Um, 3D isn't necessary these days. Like, I understand why people want 3D. It's, I mean, it's a gimmick. And the gimmick has kind of slowly started to fade away. In a way, like, it's now just kind of normal that movies are going to be in 3D. But generally, these days, I don't see 3D movies. Because I feel like a lot of the times they're more washed out whenever they're in 3D. And also for the the effects that they do in 3d it's generally like it, it doesn't really add much to the story it, it, sure there are scenes where things will jump out at you and you're like oh it's come out of the camera it's interactive but that has kind of lost its shine on me and there's a couple of scenes in terminator 2 that are really cool like where arnold holds out a shotgun and stuff just not that he was intending it to ever be in 3d but just shots that were filmed that are when they were converted to 3d it's kind of neat to see but at the end of the day, it should it could have just been a high-definition re-release of Terminator 2 and not been in 3D. But I'm sure as a way to sell tickets and to kind of make it seem like it was new, they made it, you know, 3D. And, of course, James Cameron's crazy about 3D stuff with Avatar and everything. So, um, But, you know, the 3D was unneeded, but it was still cool to see. I mean, it was still, you know, awesome, a, a great movie. Um, I love Terminator 2. It was so cool to just see that uh, sit down and see that movie and goodness gracious amc theaters play 20 minutes of trailers i got we were getting so mad it was as bad as when we saw um the force awakens for the first time <laughs> they played so many trailers before they started star wars and every time a new trailer started there was a loud groan from the entire audience it's like we're here to see star wars we don't care that these movies are about to come out because we, we're not here to see them we're here to see star wars just start the movie so, it was kind of with Terminator 2 the same way. They had a million trailers for movies that I don't care about. And, uh, you know, so eventually they started and it was really cool. But, um, definitely, if you're a fan of Terminator 2, and if you're not, go check out the re-release. Um, I do believe it's only going to be in theaters for a week, maybe. Um, maybe even just the weekend. I haven't really gotten a clear answer on that. Because every time I look it up, it just says, coming to theaters, you know, um, August 25th. So, it very, very well may be only one weekend only. So if you're listening to this uh, as soon as I upload it, go see it, like tonight or Sunday. Um, but I, it may still go on for a week or so. So uh, just keep your eyes open on AMC theaters. Again, that's only AMC theaters are showing it. So, And a lot of movie uh, theaters these days have been converted to AMC. So uh, it you should have one nearby. But definitely check it out. Um, you know, five stars. Terminator 2, 3D, five stars. Um, awesome to see. Uh, Death Note, half a star, zero to half a star, so one good thing and one bad thing. Well, that's it for Pliskin Podcast this week. Thanks for listening, and remember, kids, hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) 